I am Reverend Deborah Phillips, and welcome to Discovering Spirit Within, a spiritual life center podcast dedicated to helping people discover and activate their personal relationship with the divine. Welcome, everyone. Today on Discovering Spirit Within, I am visiting with Rachel Lyman. Well, Rachel Lyman is the inspiration and the driving force behind Interfaith Explorers, and she is getting ready to launch her new podcast called Interfaith Connection. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel. Good morning, and I'm so privileged and honored to be here today, Deborah. Thank you. Well, it's an honor to have you, and it's an honor to have uh, someone who is so deeply involved in interfaith to come and, uh, you know, sort of revitalize that part of our ministry. You know, when uh, Rachel and her husband, uh, Reverend Dave, were at SLC for several years, and they ran the Wednesday night interfaith program. And when Dave, Reverend Dave retired, I was asked to come in and do Wednesdays. And I said, I'm not an interfaith minister, I'm a new thought minister. So that's not something that I'm really qualified to do. And besides which, it's just a tough act to follow. <laughs> so we completely changed that. And I'm really glad that you're coming back to do this podcast so that we'll have that input. And you're going to be doing it how often? We're going to do a monthly podcast. So we'll have 12 podcasts this year. And they'll be on various uh, interfaith uh, topics. Um, and we have... Uh, asked for two Wednesday nights, dates, um, August 4th and September 15th. Uh, and hopefully if COVID gets settled out and we can meet in person, we'll do those in-house in person at SLC. So, but I, we still will do even those particular in-person visits, we will still do podcasts on those months. Yeah, because podcasts are available anywhere and people can listen to a podcast while they're walking along or driving along or whatever. So, um, yeah. So, Rachel, um, I know that interfaith is your absolute passion. And I know that you, you grew up in a relatively no, uh, uh, kind of everyday Christian uh, environment. So uh, what was it that led you to uh, become interested in interfaith? Was that something that, that went along with your upbringing or is that something that you found later? It was something later, uh, but I have to start back at my, um, my faith upbringing was in the Presbyterian church, which is a typical uh, Christian church. And so I learned all the Bible stories that Jesus had about Jesus and about loving other people and being kind to other people. So I had that uh, background and my mother was a, uh, a wonderful churchgoer. So my brother and I always went to church. So and I was very involved in my church. Plus her, her influence was a big influence on me too, my mom. Uh, she had loved people. She was very active in the church and, and was a very generous soul. So I had that in my DNA. And then, um, uh, so I pretty much was a churchgoer most of my life. My first marriage took me into Catholicism and then I came back to uh, Presbyterian. But I had a friend that brought me to a spiritual life center, a unity church 
At that time, Michael and Faith were still very involved. She had just gotten diagnosed. And, um, and I was told this was a very interfaith focused church. And I love to learn and I love people. So I just was like a sponge. <laughs> and um, and I, I learned about unity and unity is a very, just talks about everyone is the same. Everyone is, uh, it can be different in how they, they, they look at things, but we're all spiritually uh, on the, uh, connected to the source. And so Spiritual Life Center was my first real exposure to interfaith. And in 2007, uh, they were holding services at Pioneer Congregational Church downtown and they were kind of reorganizing what they were doing. So they started these, what they call ministries. So instead of having a, a women's group of the women's ministry or community services, community service ministry, and uh, somehow interfaith ministry popped up. And it was a toss up for me because I love to be a hands-on doing type person. So I almost went to the community service ministry, but instead I opted to try out the interfaith because I, I don't know that much about that. So it, it just drew me in. So for six months, um, Jan Summers and I co-championed the interfaith ministry. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> isn't it fun, <laughs> isn't we, it fun to get yourself just deeply involved in something that you have no clue what you're doing? Yeah, but <laughs> I, I just want to let people know that that's okay because I wanted to um, segue back to the podcast that you just did in talking about spiritual exploration because I took notes on your podcast and I found that your process and your results are very similar to what I've experienced in interfaith exploration because what is exploration is you have to be courageous and I was born in 1945 so in the uh, Chinese zodiac calendar. I'm a rooster, and one of our characteristics is we are courageous. We're out there. We're very outspoken, usually. And um, so, I found that if I dive into something, other people see that, and they come along with me, <laughs> and and it opens me up, and it opens them up too. And um, the basic um, uh, mission statement of interfaith explorers, which is something Dave and I developed many years ago, is to build bridges by providing interfaith education and events of different faith tra traditions in the greater Sacramento area. So building bridges, first of all, you can't, you can build a bridge, but you have to kind of, that's a brave thing to do, first of all. <laughs> And um, you, you want to see and learn about what's on the other side of the bridge. So you, you have to allow yourself to, to take away any sense of whatever walls or whatever's separating you between the other side and just dive in and say, okay, uh, let me ask you uh, about your faith, or let's say in this case about your faith tradition and and um, your culture. A lot of the faith traditions, especially the major ones, are definitely tied to the people's culture. 
they live their faith every day. <laughs> which is really, poet, which is really kind of different from the American mainstream. I mean, I guess you have, we do have people in this country who live their, live their religion, but not like some of like the, the Sikhs and the, uh, the Muslims. I mean, it's, it's much more a cultural thing for them. I guess there was a point in this country where there was a Christian tradition or a Christian culture, but we've really gotten away from that. So we don't live in a culture that is based on religion anymore or, or based on faith anymore, like many people of these other, you know, of these other persuasions. And I think that's, that's probably an important thing to understand. I think it is too. And so uh, finding out the background, because the world has opened up so much and we have instantaneous news uh, across the planet when something happens, um, we want to know, because we've had like terrorist attacks in this country and uh, some of the cultures and the faith traditions have been named as blame, you know, to blame for that and all that. So I want to find out, um, like a sick person, a Sikh person, sometimes they call it sick, wears a turban, but why does he wear a turban? You know, so I mean, that was, and then you see it one walking down the street, is that a terrorist or what? So, um, <laughs> It's just farthest from the truth than you can imagine because of the most gentle, generous people on the planet. Oh, they are. And um, so I think for me, exploring and ask, oh, I have to, I have to tell you about asking questions because that this is segue into everybody's gonna know the real me. Um, my mother used to ask questions all the time it absolutely, as a child, it absolutely drove me crazy. I went, God, another question. Gosh, God. Well, I'm exactly the same way. <laughs> and of course, I discovered that many years ago. And Dave and I, my, my current husband, and he's just a gem and uh, loves me beyond measure, let me tell you. And uh, so I've decided I'm going to write uh, Rachel's Big Book of Questions. And put some of my questions are pretty darn good. But when you take the time to ask a question, then you have to not have a, you know, sometimes our thought process goes to, I have the answer already. No, you have to let go of any expectations of what the answer will be and really open yourself up to learning and accepting and honoring what you're hearing. And so um, there's a part of me, I, spirit puts us on this planet with different characteristics and different talents and abilities and passions. And when we realize all those come together, finally it took me like, I'm over 70, it's like, what? It took me a while to figure out what that was all about. But it's like applying for a job. If you apply for a job, you have all the characteristics, the qualifications, the passion for it, you're gonna get that job. And I think when we figure it all out and we're doing something we love, I've read that so many times, when you're doing something you love, you love it's not work. And so 
Interfaith Explorers was birthed because of that. Uh, people at Spiritual Life Center in 2009, let's see, 2010 and 11, they were, they were so uh, ripe to learn about interfaith. We had interfaith experience classes, three hours, once a month. We averaged 100 people coming to those and talk about an experience. It was more than just a lecture. It was uh, a speaker answering 10 questions, the same 10 questions that Maith, Michael and Faith uh, developed for interfaith so they can get a basic understanding of the nuts and bolts of that faith. But they also had to lead us in an, a, a, uh, an experience. Uh, let's say uh, Rabbi David led us in um, a Shabbat experience. So, and then we had traditional foods. We had, we had uh, bibliographies, we had uh, icons and everything. So we really immersed ourselves into that. And those people that participated are, are still with SLC and remember that. And I think that's what it takes. You have to look at all aspects of a person and their, their faith and their culture to really understand it and appreciate it. And, and also, as you're talking, it's like what I'm seeing is that on the, um, well, let's, let's just say more surface level, uh, none of, all of this is deep, but I'm going to use the word surface. At the surface level, you're learning about a culture, you're learning about a religion, therefore you're learning about why people are the way they are, why people do what they do. And then there's that other thing that happens is when you start to understand that, oh, they're different from me, this is why they're different. And then that, that goes into the acceptance and then somehow inside you start to change and spiritually you start to grow because you're opening yourself up to more ways of seeing um, the, a relationship to spirit. Because what we're really talking about, I mean, the one God, many paths, is that there is one, you know, and most of these religions will agree that there is only one, you know, I mean, we always have the extremists on both ends, but, you know, the, it's, it's like there is this one energy, this one source, and how you get there is how you get there. And I remember somebody who used to work at SLC, I can't remember who it was, told me that they had, I think they had grown up in a very rigid Roman Catholic environment. And she said she actually had to go out into Buddhism to be able to come back around to Christianity. Mm -hmm. You know, she had to mm -hmm. go out and because it was, uh, it was not her, her uh, Christian upbringing wasn't healthy. And so she went out and, 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 and hung around in Buddhism for a while. And I think she still, you know, continues to embrace all that. But she said, you know, that that's how she was able to come back and see Christianity differently. And so that helped her heal. It helped her. And, and that was by opening up to other, other faith. Absolutely. And that's what happens. Um, I, I did a talk uh, at the women's group um, several years ago about a, a term I coined that maybe it's not an original term, spiritual ecosystem. So where uh, as we live our lives, 
one experience builds on another. One, one experience leads us to something else to leads us to something. And it's, it, it is a, it's an enclosed circle really because what we're, what we're gonna end up doing, like you said, is starting with our foundations. I started with my Christian foundation and I'm not blasting that at all because <laughs> um, promoting love is something we need to do and that's gonna be forever. So, but it led me to Catholicism to, uh, which I didn't really, I kind of slid through that on a skateboard, really. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I meet who, who, um, who married someone who was a Catholic and they did exactly mm -hmm. the same thing. They, they slid through on a skateboard and came out on the other end and went to something else. It's, it's, it's an interesting to watch people's journeys, but go ahead. Uh, so, uh, but one of the most, one, an interesting thing that happened to me, because uh, when I did get married, uh, I moved uh, to New Hampshire uh, in 1968, totally a different <laughs> part of the world. Let me tell you, it's like moving to another country, a uh, very different uh, culture. Um, and uh, I married into a predominantly um, Canadian uh, French community and they went to um, masks and you could actually in 1968 go to a mass that was all French. You could go to a mass that was all Latin. And then uh, finally uh, Vatican II had just started to come in and make changes in the Catholic church. By the time I left there 16 years ago, 16 years later, I should say, um, they, they now had priests that had to do all, what they call a homily, you know, a short message, and turn around and face the people. Uh, they started singing songs that I grew up with in the church, Christian church. So I used to sing loud and they go, how did she know that one, you know? Uh, so um, it was interesting because even that experience taught me that um, I, I picked up from the Catholic tradition what I wanted and left the rest behind uh, there was a lot of guilt and you know I had my first confession at 23 years old like what <laughs> what do you what do you say where do you start you know <laughs> yeah but, uh, it was pretty boring because I really was a pretty good goody 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 two shoes in those days so so anyway I think that everything that we do and we're exposed to and that we allow ourselves to venture into will will teach us something i mean we all have heard from unity that if something comes to you if you have an experience it's not what you really would like to do <laughs> there's some learning there that's going to occur and and for me um i just love people of other faiths i I, I, for me, all right, so you get in a crowded elevator, you're in a hotel, who's the first one to speak? I am. And I have to say something funny, you know, I mean, that's, that's who I am. So I have a natural uh, connection with people. I see people heart to heart real quick. And I think that's ingrained in me. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can credit my Christian upbringing for that, but I just think it was there all along. Yeah, I think you were just born with that kind of heart, Rachel. 
Uh, I think so. People yeah. tell me I have a big heart and I, yeah. you know, I'm very naive and child looks like sometimes. And that's, that's really, truly who I am. And actually that's so, kind of uh, helpful. So yeah, but I have a question. Helpful. Yeah. I have a yes. question. So there will be people. Okay. How do I put this? Um, when people talk about new agers, uh, I, you know, they, they, okay, excuse me while I, while I fumble here, folks, because I need to get this, this out in a certain way. So um, unity and religious science and all of the New Thought churches are often called New Age churches, whereas New Age, in, in my personal definition, is people who are picking, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there, and they're kind of making their own mismatch. Um, what would you say, what, or how do you address, it's like, well, if I take this from Buddhism and this from the Sikhs and this from the Christians, um, and, and if you're sort of cherry picking, how do you get a found, some people say, well, you have no real foundation because you're picking from here and you're picking from there and you're picking from there. <coughs> and this is different than the, what I'm calling <clears throat> new age, and I'm not putting new age down. Um, but the tarot cards and the, you know, all of the, all of the, like the divination stuff, we'll put that over here. We're talking about the actual religions. Um, but if I decide I want this part of Buddhism and this part of Sikhism and this part of the Hindus and this part of the Christians, do I end up with not having one solid foundation? How does that work? Well, I think everybody's path is so unique that um, I have to say it like this, it's none of our business. <laughs> uh, that in was a, way, a lot of work uh, to get that question out and that is the best answer. <laughs> well, in a way, um, it's like, I don't know if I mentioned, if I've mentioned this on this particular podcast, but uh, if someone has a problem and you know you can help them fix that. Um, <laughs> And I had, and that's happened to me and one of my daughters. If I mentioned this earlier, I'm sorry. No, we didn't get there. Okay, but um, I, I want because I see her hurting. I see her not evolving as as far as she could, and I know she can. You know, um, I've been told by a counselor that, and I, I have a counseling background too, so I know that it's really her path is none of my business, and. Everyone is a unique spiritual entity and we're all, it's like you think about a quilt or a puzzle or whatever, we're all pieces of that source. We're all so unique that if, if, if you connect with source by doing a Buddhist uh, meditation and then a seek this and, and go to the Jewish synagogue and then, uh, and then sneak over to a unity service, and it fills you, that's all that counts. Um, one thing I wanted to exp uh, say for sure too about interfaith exploration, when we get to another community and I've taken field trips, I've probably organized a dozen field trips in, in the last several years. We don't go there to prophesize. I can't say that word very well. You got it, but I we're think. Not we're not going there to tell them, hey, we're here uh, and, and this is what you can do for yourself, you know, and, and say that our faith is better than your faith. No, uh, we're there to share our, our love for another faith. And what happens is, and I've had some, I don't know if I have time to 
talk about some of them, but I have some just extraordinary miracle moments that have happened uh, because I've been open and just let spirit happen between people. So uh, anyway, to, to go back to your question, I think that everybody's, if you, and, and this is the beauty of it. Sacramento is one of the most diverse cities in the United States. It's one of many that are like that. We have, we can throw a stone and hit synagogues and mosques and, and, and temples and Christian churches. So we have a, we have a smorgasbord <laughs> of um, faith traditions to choose from. And we do it at Spiritual Life Center. I know I've had people come to tell me, well, you know what? I go to the Jewish temple, the Jewish synagogue, and then I come to SLC. Don't tell anybody. I went, I'm not going to. I think that's great because their foundation may be Jewish, but they get something from the unity service. And this is what we need to do. We need to fill ourselves as much as we can with whatever feels right for us yeah. and nurtures us and helps us grow. Yeah. You know, when I was, uh, I started in a unity church in Phoenix and, um, <laughs> God, 1975. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, uh, quite a while ago. And there was this wonderful couple. I just adored them. And they, all, all of a sudden, I realized that they weren't coming. And I talked to the minister and he said, well, they came here for two years and they came to me. They were Roman Catholic. And they came to him and they said, um, thank you for the two years here. We understand our religion much better now. And they went back to the Roman Catholic Church. So somehow, you know, because unity in in its own self has, is interfaith. I mean, we don't, you know, it started out with a Christian base, but the people who started all of these studied every religion on the planet. I mean, basically. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, but these Absolutely. people, I, I just thought that was the most interesting thing. It's like, we understand Catholicism now and we're going back to it. And I thought that was very cool, you know? Um, and, and, and we do have a lot of people at SLC who um, make the rounds. <laughs> <laughs> they just make the rounds. And of course, you know, now with this podcast, you realize that you're going way out beyond Sacramento with your message. And that is what's, that's the whole point of all of this. And don't that, look so, and don't look so startled, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> no, I just, no, when I thought about what's happening in the world right now, it, it brings me to tears. But I, so I know that what we're doing is, is so extremely important. Uh, your spiritual exploration and sending that out and the interfaith exploration to come uh, is absolutely crucial and important to send out as much positive energy and positive information as you can. And, and, and each of us have our own little niches and, and that's great. I wanted to share too, when you brought up the fact that that couple felt that their cat, they could understand their Catholic faith better. I told you I, I was immersed in the biblical Jesus stories. I used to be a Sunday school teacher too. So, um, but when I came to Unity, uh, I didn't know anything about Unity, but yes, they are. Uh, I've read the history and yes, they incorporated Buddhism and Hinduism and all kinds of things to start. And so I took uh, classes at SLC 
And the one that was most fascinating for me was a metaphysical, metaphysical interpretation of the Bible. And so here's these stories I grew up with, you know, the, the Noah's Ark and all that. And what I found, and then the, especially when they talked about Jesus, I immediately understood uh, what I read in the Bible a lot at a deeper level. That Jesus, yes, he was trying to tell us, look, guys, you can do this too. That you are a part of the source as well. Not you're a sinner and you got to follow, you know. So I, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I honor the Christian faith and I don't mean to uh, downplay that. But I just know that I've gone to a level where um, I honor, I try to honor all faith traditions. But I think it's because if people are at a certain a particular faith tradition they're at a different level of consciousness perhaps right and this whole idea of you know us being sinners and um, I, I don't I don't know what other religions actually even teach about that but the fact that we if we can get to that point of that there is one source and we are all an emanation of that one one force that one energy that one light, then um, it doesn't matter where we get it as long as we get it, as long as we start to remember who we are, which is one of the things that we do at SLC is, is like, you know, we love, serve, and remember, because we're remembering who we are, which is, which are, um, I'm not crazy about the idea of being a child of God, but, you know, that, that's the, the easiest way for people to, to relate to that, but we are, we are, you know, God in action. And it doesn't mean mm -hmm. I'm saying I'm God. It just means that God is working through me, working through right. you. And right. I had not, I kind of knew this, I guess, but I hadn't really thought about the fact that uh, Internet Explorers and inter and my, my um, uh, explor uh, spiritual exploration are very much, you're right, we're, we're doing very similar things. I'm doing it one-on-one -on -one with people, getting them to talk about what's inside them, and you're taking them out and saying, look at all these other ways people do things, which brings them back to that conversation within themselves. And so I hadn't realized that we're a team and didn't even know it. <laughs> well, and I, I'll send you a copy of the notes I made because I didn't realize, I, I thought, boy, you know, she's, uh, she's she's having the same results where you're you're passionate about spiritual spiritual exploration for your sake, and I'm passionate about interfaith exploration, and we're we're braving to go down those paths, and not and and being open to whatever happens, and however you know whatever we find, and other people see that passion that excitement. Uh, that positivity and they they join us on those paths like you start out with one person then now you've got a, a whole big group of people actually uh, I, that, I, I had to i stopped, asked them to stop when we were meeting in person i asked them to stop advertising it because we were up to 20 people and that's apparently i don't know what much, a small yeah. group is because <laughs> a small well, group then, is yeah, like five right. to eight people or something and um you know, when I started doing it online, I had about three people because people were reluctant and we're back up to 10 people because they, you know, they want this, they need it. And 
Um, I really started, let me explain, i tell you why I started doing spiritual exploration, is when I was in Unity, because this, this goes right back to what we're talking about, is in the Unity Church in, in 1975 or so, I was brand new to this, I was like 25, and I, I, I was like immediately in my element, but I was only 25, I didn't know much about this, but I would watch people come into the church, they would be brand new, they would be all gung-ho, and in this church, we had church services and we had classes. There was absolutely no social anything. The classes were formal. They were for credit. And so you went in and you did the formal class. And there was no place to ask, really just ask questions. And I watched uh, at least three different people. They would come in. They would start you know, meditating. And when you start to meditate, you start to open up. And spirit starts to talk with you one way or another. And these people didn't have anybody to talk to about it, and they became frightened, and they left. One person became so frightened, she went to the most extreme um, uh, fundamental Christian church she could find, and she spent the next, like, two months, she dropped by my work twice a week to try to convince me to leave, leave Unity, because whatever her experience was terrified her. And so I... You know, all those years later, I mean, it was 35 years later before I was actually ordained. <laughs> I had been studying and then I left it. But it was like, even even in SLC, where we have all these classes and stuff, I wanted a place where people could come and ask any old, just wild question they could ask and talk about it and, and make it a completely safe place. And so that's how that all, all, all came to be, was watching people start to grow, start to experience spirit, and then not know what to do with it. And in your own way, you are also taking people out and showing them that there's all this other stuff out there. There's all these other ways to look at it, which gives them another way to deal with their own stuff. Does that make any sense? So I, I want I, you're going to be surprised what I'm going to say, because I think you and I are really deep down very selfish. <laughs> and, I, and I'm I'm just saying that because uh, and in a good way in a good way because there's a part of us that knows that there's something missing and we need to fill up that we need to get more information we need to have more experiences we need to uh, be, open up wider and so we <laughs> set up a spiritual exploration group we set up an interfaith explorers group um, and um, and just go wherever spirit takes us. And I think people see that and the fear that they have in their own exploration kind of starts to melt away. I noticed what, what you said in your own po podcast where people eventually, it took them time, but they finally got comfortable. We knew there was something missing. We wanted to explore different things and learn. There's got to be more, more of something. And so we each designed a, an exploration group and just dove in and people see that. And, and when other people, some of the people in your group started very hesitantly and now they just, they're just right there because yeah. they feel comfortable. It's a safe exploration. And that's one of the things I wanted to mention too to everyone out there. Interfaith Explorers is your group. This is the family at SLC that loves to explore interfaith. And we wanna do things that you wanna do. 
We want your suggestions on topics, on places to go when COVID lets us see people in person. I'm definitely gonna set up some field trips. I've got some in mind already. So I want, it, it's not that we're gonna tell you how it's, it is. It's gonna be an interactive um, uh, program. And then on Mighty Networks, I have Interfaith Explorers Group on Mighty Networks. In that uh, modium, you, mode, you can go in and start conversations. And we're probably gonna do some of that too, to have people give us suggestions, to ask questions. Um, also, I wanna mention that if you have, wanna join Interfaith Explorers um, on Mighty Networks, you can just get in and, and join that way. But if you have any suggestions, questions, or you want to be on my constant contact list of 50 plus people where I send out information on Holy Day calendars, interfaith events, uh, field trips, whatever, send me an email to interfaith at slcworld.org. That's interfaith at slcworld.org or any questions, information, or if you want to become a part of a constant contact email list, so. And Mighty Networks, I just wanted to point out, is a private, is a, a private, pri sort of like a private Facebook for organizations. And if you go to SLC's website, you can get into um, the Mighty Networks that way as well. And the um, this web link will be uh, connected with, or it'll be, you'll be able to find it below the podcast, so. So Rachel, Great. to close out, would you share with us one of your miracle stories? What would you like to to end this with? What's what's your favorite story, and how would you like to take us out? Well, I've um, I have to do two, and one they're real quick. One Wednesday night, or, or the Wednesday night interfaith connection program, we had Bonte, who's a Buddhist monk from West Sacramento. And I'd never really talked to him much before, but uh, I guess he knew me. It's, it's so funny when you're doing this work, you go, oh, they, he knows me? Because <laughs> you forget you're out there, you know? So we were sitting uh, side by side in the chairs after the, after the service. And he looked at me and he just waved his hand up and down in front of both of our faces like that. And he said to me, I see no separation between us. Well, it's like I died and went to heaven. I mean, I could have died right there and gone to heaven because I don't know what, I mean, I, it's like you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the impact uh, you're having. But that moment was just an extraordinary moment for me. The second one I want to do is 2000, I think it was 17, the Sikh, the Sikh temple. Uh, I started to do some community-wide interfaith um, facilitating. They asked me to put together a community-wide open house. Because uh, I asked, I told, you know, I usually take groups over there, and I have taken many groups over there over the years. And they said, no, we want, we don't want just a group of 30 people. We want to invite the whole community. I went, what? 500 people. I said, okay. And I put the phone down and went, oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> where am I getting 500 people? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I started with the Interfaith uh, Council 
on that interfaith council uh, of greater Sacramento, there are over a hundred churches that belong to that. So that's where I started with my, or I have wonderful organizational skills, probably over the top for a lot of people. So I'm very detail oriented. So I started with I've that. I've noticed that, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Bullet, I'm a bullet lady. So anyway, um, that night, uh, uh, SLC was very supportive in this and they allowed all of the participants, It was there was no charge for the open house, to register through SLC. So we had a chance to ask people when they registered, what faith community are you from? So I counted them all and I had all the spreadsheets and all that. When I got up to speak that night to welcome people and everyone was sitting on the floor like they always do, I could barely get through my talk. I said, I, have, I wanna welcome all of you. I'm gonna choke up again. Uh, 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 you're over 500 people here tonight to visit the Sikhs and learn about them. And you are sitting next to people from 17 different faith traditions. And that was just totally, that totally was amazing for me that people took the time to come out, to open themselves up, to learn about these, these people that go around with turbans on their head. Why is that, you know? Well, what, why is that? They, when they put their turban on in the morning, they're putting God on. That's what it is, basically. So it was just an extraordinary night. And uh, I still tear up. I think I'm always going to tear up when I <laughs> think about that. That's, that's a beautiful story. And um, thank you, Rachel, for being with us today. Now, the Interfaith Connection podcast will premiere on the 28th of January, right? It's the last Thursday of the month, the fourth Thursday, yes. right? So every yes. fourth Thursday, Interfaith Connection, the podcast, will be premiering on the on the fourth Wednesday of every month. So I really appreciate your uh, being with me today, Rachel, and uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Deborah. Thank you for listening today. Discover Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center Sacramento. If you feel inspired and want to show your appreciation and support, please go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the sons and daughters of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.